Welcome to episode 43 of your personal podcast. For those who want more out of life, and please do rate, review and subscribe to your personal podcast. I'm Martin Hazy. I'm an entrepreneur, educator, CEO and a former Lord Mayor. As always, I'm here with Mim Romeo. Mim is a corporate retailer, business coach and mentor and an executive advisor. Mim, so good to see you. Uh, look, it's always a pleasure to see you too, Martin. And today is a special day because we've reached episode 43. And we just want to thank all our listeners that tune in to your personal podcast. And we hope that everyone is getting more out of life, joy out of life, and the future is always bright for them. Well, according to your playbook, every day is a special day. Absolutely. Every day is. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you just get that inspiration to say, another day, another moment I can make someone's life even better than it was yesterday. Good on you. Hey, good on you. You're a good constituent. <laughs> good on you. Well done, Mim. How's your day been? How's your week been? Not your day. Terrific week. I've been travelling again. Are you, you're just like a tourist, you are. I'm a nomad. Huh? Yes. I'm just surprised how often you get on a plane and then you tell me that you travelled and you don't travel a lot. Well... Relative concept. I've been in New Zealand. Wow, the, the beautiful, New a beautiful country. It is a beautiful. I mean, a big shout out to New Zealand. I must say, because and to all of our listeners from New Zealand. Which part of New Zealand did you go to? South Island. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, magnificent. And really, uh, kind of a big word of encouragement to our listeners. It is if you're looking for natural beauty, um, it's stunning. It yes. really is. Just I've heard lots. I've been to New Zealand myself, and it's a beautiful place. Wow. Anyway. Big, big reco there because it's uh, terrific, very invigorating. Oh, that's very good. Well, I just felt, Mim, that kind of I just needed to just get away for a few days just to reinvigorate myself so that when I come back to your personal <laughs> podcast sound booth and have you staring at me on a, every week, I could just be stronger and better. Look, it's only taken about, let's say, just under 12 months to get you to smile on the podcast. <laughs> Mim. You've got to let your hair down a bit. You I don't know, have any gonna, hair. Well, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. You've got a point there, but you got to let it grow. You know, let your hair down a bit. Be a bit more joyful, a bit more happy. Wonderful. Share some exciting news with our listeners. I've got about as much hair as Yul Brynner. <laughs> Mim, it's wonderful to see you. How was your week? <laughs> I had a great week. I travelled as well. I was. Uh, just travelling on some work assignments. I was in Melbourne, Australia. Wonderful state. Wonderful state. Always love going there. Good on you. Got some great things happening over there. So uh, to anyone who's listening from Melbourne, a good sh- good hello. Say hello. Say hello. I'm glad. Hope you're having a great day. Well, and we've got lots of listeners in Melbourne, don't we? Yes, we do. So uh, thank you for all those listeners in Melbourne that tune in. So uh, you have a wonderful week and we always look forward to speaking with you. Feedback. We always like to share feedback from previous podcasts. Mim, what have we got in the last few days? Well, that's a good question because I haven't seen any feedback uh, last week. Well, clearly you're not talking to anyone, but I am. I'm talking to everybody when it comes to your personal podcast. Episode, you are just that, that, I am one step ahead. You're just an approachable person. I, I really am, appreciate it. I am, it. and maybe you could learn that one day. Mim, episode 28, Scarcity versus Abundance. We have some feedback from Maxwell. And Maxwell said, I am the epitome of the abundant pauper. I've enjoyed times of abundance with money, but mindset delivers so much more. 
Isn't uh, Maxwell, that's really a great comment. And I'm Max- sure that probably aligns to a lot of people throughout the world. And Maxwell's from Australia. So welcome to the your personal podcast family, Maxwell. Absolutely. Isn't Thank that- you for your feedback. And we are a family. Anyone who listens to your personal podcast is part of the family. Correct. Correct. So, uh, How's Christmas dinner preparations coming along? It's going really well. I've uh, We've booked out, I think, the MCG. <laughs> For those listeners from around the world, that's the Melbourne Cricket, Cricket Ground. ground. That holds right. about 100,000 people. That's right, because we are so a global podcast. Everyone's man. welcome. Is that right? We're a global podcast. Absolutely we are. Yes. So uh, one day we're going to be travelling quite often, and we we're going to launch our podcast from every country. As I say, Mim, good on you. Good on you. Good on you. Episode 43, let's roll. Today it's about my word is my bond. Really important. It's it's such an easy thing to say, but in, in practicality, hard to really do. Words are powerful things, aren't they? Absolutely. You know, the, the power of the written and spoken word, it is amazing. And sometimes through life, we underestimate the power that that does have in our lives and in other people's lives. Isn't there that wonderful saying, the pen is mightier than the sword. Yes, yes, that, that is a, a... That's the written word. It is. And you'll find this. I always encourage everyone, I encourage myself, say what you do and do what you say. You often say that. Yes. and you've, it's, said, you've said that for 30 years. Yes, but it, to get it to... From a practical point of view, it's in the early days, very challenging. Why? Because everything you say you need to do and everything you do you should only say keeps you in that boundary of integrity of honesty, of trust. Hold yourself to account. Absolutely. I mean, it really does. You know, I realised many times, Martin, in my early days of childhood, that sometimes we'd respond to questions or conversations just to try and get people off our backs. You know, it could be any conversation, but it's easy just to say, yes, yeah, I'll do that, or I agree with that, just to try and cut the conversation short because you were too busy doing other things. But in time, you realise that every word we speak, really, did we practically do it? You know, if I agreed with something and I was going to do something, did I do it? You know, and I look back at my childhood years and I can say, personally, I probably agreed to a lot of things that I probably didn't follow through on. Why? Because I realised as I matured that it was too easy to just say say words. But in those words, I was impacting people's lives. And I started to realise that if I was going to have any integrity, if I was going to build any trust, if I was going to build reliability, then I needed to make sure that I fulfilled everything I said and say what I do and do what I say would always hold me in good stead, personally and with others as well. When I left my job as the mayor of the city, um, a very wonderful lady gave me this book. Yeah. Uh, which was a book on kind of the world's most famous speeches. Yeah. And you, you look, just look at the relationship between that, that like some of these seminal speeches which have been delivered by great leaders in various disciplines yeah. over the decades, yeah. a really powerful speech can change the world for the better. Absolutely. And when you look at the and most... that's the power of words. And when you look at the most powerful leaders in the world over generations... It's the ones that when they spoke, people knew they would do. Mm. We've heard a lot of people throughout the world that have promised a lot of things, delivered very little. 
And what happens, it diminishes the trust, it diminishes the integrity, it diminishes everything. Where if we are of an individual that when we say something, people know it says, well, Martin, he said it, he's going to do it. We've all had people, haven't we, in our workplaces, sometimes even in our own families, who talk, 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 and you kind of just, your eyes glaze over because you know nothing's going to materialise as a result of it. You'd rather be listening to someone who might talk a little less but when they talk, they mean it. Yeah, they absolutely. act. Evidence-based evidence based results. That's it's right. like build your integrity, build your capabilities, but have the evidence to show it. Don't promise the world and deliver very little. You often talk about evidence-based. Were you a detective or something in a former life? Um, Inspector Gadget. I used to like watching Inspector Gadget oh, as a child. Yes, we've spoken about, we spoke about him before, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah. I was, look, I'm always a strong believer. You're big, you're big on this. Absolutely, because I, I'm a strong believer that if we are going to prove anything to anyone, we've got to show evidence. It's, you know, it's too easy to say words very easily. Oh, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll get over this, but you've never actually got any experience to tell them how to get over it. You know, we talk about mentoring and coaching and and having the ability to be able to strengthen people's resolve in achieving things in life. We've got to have the evidence to prove it. We've got to have the evidence to understand that if we're talking about anything, then we need to prove it. So, for, for example, for me, if I'm going to ask anyone to do anything, I should be able to do it myself. You know, the, the power of the word is basically all the written or the word, is the practicality of it. You know, I find that I'd like to achieve all things that I put my mind and hands to. Why? Because that proves the reality that what I say I'm actually doing and what I'm doing I believe in. So it's easy to have conversations about a variety of things. It's a bit like sales targets. For anyone who's in the retail sector, when you say, well, we're going to achieve this sales, well, you better achieve it. Don't come back to me with every excuse under the sound of why it didn't happen. Tell me why it can happen and why it did happen. I remember those conversations so well. So in former years, I had a chain of retail stores uh, around Australia. And very successful, I must say. Thank you. And we would go through this process of planning our sales targets for, you know, the next quarter, the next six months, the next 12 months. And we'd put a lot of work into it. Yeah. And we would have these sessions with the managers of each of the stores when we were doing the sales target planning because, of course, the sales target said would drive the inventory levels and how much stock we'd need and supply chains, orders, whole range of things. But, you know, and I would always kind of be the, you know, conscientious kind of questioner and say, okay, I get it. I, I love the aspiration that you want to grow by X percent, but give me the evidence of how you're going to get there. What, yeah. What's your plan? That's right. What's your strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you keep doing things exactly the same way as you've done them, you quite clearly get to continue to get exactly the same results. So That's I said, right. What, what, what's going to shift here? Where's the paradigm shift? You want a 17% increase? I commend you on your aspiration. I commend you on your ambition. But what's your plan? See, that spoken word of 17% growth is great. It sounds powerful. But in reality, does it happen? So those words that get spoken, people rely on. And if we don't deliver... There's a lot more than just our pride that gets affected. It just starts to spread out where people's lives have been changed because everyone expected that result to come in. Correct. And from a financial perspective, 
it does impact significantly. It does. And then I would, you know, maybe let's say, for example, we might set on settle on 7% growth, yeah. but the team might deliver 9%. Yeah. And then they're heroes. Yeah. You know, they've, they've delivered 2% over budget and we're understocked. That's right. <laughs> right? What a wonderful place to be yeah. when you're a retailer. So the words, the thinking, the plan, the strategy, all of it. I mean, it's, it's related, but it's so important, isn't it? It is. You've got to understand. The thing that people could understand, I had to understand, is what the things I've said, the things I say, if I really believe in them, then I'll really do them and I'll achieve. But if I'm just saying it to make it sound good, then I found in my early days that basically – I would say, you know, in my teenage years, I would say a lot of things. You Probably st- delivered half the things I said. Yeah, you still do. <laughs> but that half I deliver is much better. <laughs> yeah, but there's only one big difference. You don't look like a teenager anymore. <laughs> but what I realise is that it's easy to get into, drawn into the euphoria of, yes, yeah, not a problem, we can do this, we can do that, we can do this, and yet we're just really embellishing something that we don't really truly have the resources or the knowledge or the expertise to do. So I started to refocus myself on what can I achieve? What is my level of competency? What is my level of uh, opportunity? What can I deliver that I can comfortably say? Then I started to change my life for the better. My days when I was in public life and when I was campaigning, and this is kind of illustrates the power of words. Yeah. Because words can not only motivate others, can actually motivate you. We are the first person we need to motivate, not others. No, well said. Well said. That's a key point. So... I went out with a kind of four-point platform about a smart- not five point. There's five fingers in a hand. You got your hand waving. You're always for those doing that. Can't see us. He's waving five fingers. Oh. He always says four. I was going to say I was waving one finger, but I won't say that. <laughs> so, Mim, the is that is that a form of an apology? I accept. I had a four. <laughs> look at my fingers. Four fingers. I had a four-point plan. <laughs> Right? He's laughing. I had a four-point plan for a smart, green, livable and creative city. And sitting under each of those, smart, green, livable and creative, I had actions. Yes. So I went out and campaigned on this. And I said that if you elect me, I will deliver with the team on these priorities for the city. So your word was your bond. Well, I was more than mildly obsessive about delivering on what I had said to those, to the community who supported me into that job. So... And then when you do deliver it, then you can go and deliver a whole lot more stuff. But you must deliver in the first instance exactly what you promise people because that's how you build trust. And that's, you know, I learned that for myself, Martin, that if I promise something, if I spoke it, if I wrote it or spoke it, which is the same thing, if you write it, say as you say it, if I didn't deliver, you know, in the early days of my career, I found myself in the early days trying to justify why I couldn't achieve something. But then I started to think, but I said I would. So why am I making excuses now? So I started to develop a better attitude, better mindset to say, if I'm going to promise you a certain result, I'm going to deliver it. Over-deliver it. I'm going to over-deliver it. But firstly, I needed to start delivering it. Then I can over-deliver. But I didn't look anymore to try and justify or look at reasons why it might not happen. I'm going to make it happen. And it started to change my attitude personally in terms of what I could achieve in life. And I would say to all our listeners throughout the world is if you're going to commit to anything, if you're going to say it or write it, 
you better make sure that you, in your mindset, it's already a done deal. Or else don't say it just to embellish yourself. Don't write it to make it sound good because then you're going to find yourself just spending time justifying why it didn't achieve. So for those in the home front or in the workplace or community groups, whatever we're doing, if you're in a role where you are kind of declaring that you're going to do something for yes. the betterment of the family, for the betterment of the business, for yep. the betterment of the social club. Yep. The way you build trust is take everyone with you on that journey. Absolutely. I'm 100% with culture building, but the culture needs to deliver what the ultimate goal is. You know, sometimes, Martin, I've been in situations where I've walked into places where the culture, everyone telling me the culture is wonderful, but it wasn't achieving the results that anyone wanted. But everyone's walking around thinking everyone's happy and, and wonderful. This is a wonderful culture, whether it's in family or in business. But the results weren't happening. So I believe build a strong culture that delivers the results you want in the right manner. But culture is not the only thing that delivers performance. No. Is it? I mean, no, it I think we've all worked in organisations, Mim, whereby you might say great culture and people say, well, what does that mean? That people get along with each other. Yeah. That's terrific. That's very admirable. But when it comes to actually the measurement of results, they might be, you know, failing a little bit that's, on, that's on that where, score. That's when we talk about my words, my bond, but you or need a what good, we write. You need a good plan. You do. So when you, you know, words are so powerful. When you declare that we're going to achieve X, Y, Z, you know, the next thing is, and we're going to deliver it by doing ABC. We have the plan to deliver on the words. Let's say, Martin, when you ran your national store of chains uh, throughout throughout the country. Yes. Were there times when in presentations, I'm sure you would have had many, where the words were really powerful? Everyone would have left that that boardroom just excited. Was there a time that you can share with our listeners when the opposite happened and how did you deal with it? Well, you were the guest speaker, so you did a, you did a great job. I mean, we used to invite you in all the time. I really appreciated it, and too. you did such a good job. But there was that. There I didn't was find that, that. Yeah, there was that time you didn't. So, would you like to talk about that one? So, really, we've all been in those situations, Martin. But you've been a national ch- uh, running a national chain of stores. You would have experienced one or two of those situations where. There was a solid plan. There was, you know, everyone spoke really strong. We're going to achieve this. We're going to get this result. Yep. No, there were. Sometimes things happen out of our control. Correct. That we don't get that result. And our word, though, was so powerful at that moment, but we didn't achieve the result. How did you deal with it personally? You've got to be on the front foot with your communication, Mim, because in an industry like retail and hospitality and any kind of consumer facing business you can be disrupted by external factors which yep. really even after being in the industry for a long time it's very difficult to foreshadow you know everything that's going to happen yeah so of course you know in that 17 years when I was running that business um, there were sometimes things that just came out of left of field and we thought right i would always go back onto the front foot with our team and say okay you know Team, this has now happened. This is impacting the business. This will have an impact on the plan that we set together nine months ago. So let's work together to come up with a plan B. Right? And you kind of have to. But I'm a big one that you have to be – in order for a plan to be effective, a plan needs to be built not just by you but by the team. The plan and the delivery of the plan needs to be owned 
by the team. And the key to this, when I and I'm agreeing with you, Martin, everyone needs to buy into the plan. We need more more contributors, more collaborative work. What I find is that what I look for is that everyone in the room understands that their word must be their bond. That if you're in a room and you're agreeing that this is what we're going to achieve, we do it. The only reason we might not is things that you've just given an example to but a listener. But do you say that? So when you're working as a coach and an executive advisor and when someone says to you, we're going to do this, do you ever say to them, don't say it if you don't mean it? Absolutely. I look them straight in their eyes. You do? You call- I said, if you're not going to deliver on what you've said, you better you better take that back. I said, the only time... We- why, why are you pointing at me with five fingers? <laughs> the, only, the only time we don't deliver on what we say is if something happens externally that we had no control on. Then we've got to put the contingency plan in place. But outside of that, if it's in our control, we need to always deliver. We don't say things that we don't mean. We don't say it to make ourselves look good at, at in, for, for, for five minutes. We've got to understand that we are here to do a job in business, in family. If we are going to transform our family into this unit of joy and happiness and strength, we've got to deliver on what we say. We've got to put a plan in place that makes sense. We've got to put an understanding that the evidence will always show us. And by doing that, by holding on to what you say and do, you're going to build the integrity you need. You're going to build trust. You're going to build reliability. People are going to know that you're going to come through with what you say. But along the journey, I've met I've met some and I'm sure in my younger days, people, when they met me, when I didn't deliver, they started to doubt, well, gee, can I trust me, mate? Mm. But I changed that. Over time, I changed it. Why? Because I started to understand very early in my career, in life, that it's too easy to just to say things. It's too easy just to throw lines out there. Too easy. But when you don't deliver, it's a bit like the person that always says they're going to come and meet you and they're always late. Mm. Over a period of time, no one trusts them anymore. Mm. So, you you know, I, I actually knew someone like that in my life where the person would always be an hour, an hour and a half late. You know, I just stopped trying to meet with them. Yeah. Just, it's, I, well, it's, it, not, it's not respecting no. of other people's time. And time is the most valuable commodity, I, I believe. Yeah. Hey, so, Mim, when you – I mean, you've worked in sales, I've worked in sales. Yeah. When you look at sales-related roles and business development and so forth, often kind of one of the most valued commodities in those types of jobs is your ability to talk. Yeah. But talking and building trust and delivering results are kind of different things. And some of the best business development people I've met actually are not the biggest talkers. No, you look, you don't know. You're going to have a variety of people. I always say the evidence is everything. So you're going to have some people that really communicate extraordinarily well, talk a lot, but they deliver. You're going to come across people that are a little bit quieter, introvert, but they deliver. I always look at the evidence. Okay, so it's not your personal demeanour that really matters. It's, your personal demeanour has a play if you're if you're an inspirational leader. You're going to have a charisma. Results. You're going to have a charisma about motivating people. That's important as well. You know, if you're going to lead. 20,000, 30,000, even 100 people, 10 people. If you've got a bit of charisma to inspire people to say, we can do this, you know, the charisma is important, but the evidence is more. 
That's funny. I was sharing last night at a function um, and I had the very good fortune when I was young of joining a group which was an entrepreneur's group. That would have been a long, long time ago. What's that? (laughs) When you were young. I can't believe it. (laughs) Honestly. I mean, did I I sign something when I first joined your personal podcast. <laughs> you know, has our producer got some documents which look, I may have signed? And, look, you know, are they, are, you're very precious. Look, I understand we all want to be young, but that was a long time for you. Okay, okay. We'll move on from that. So, Mim. Yes, sir. I, when I was young, yes. you know, just a couple of years ago, yep. I joined a organisation which was kind of about entrepreneurship. Yep. And I remember being in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Can, before you just continue, can yes. you share with our listeners yes. just a little bit of a brief what's entrepreneurship? Some of our listeners might not have not might not understand exactly what that means. Okay. Well, it's actually a 17th century French word. This is how it started. Really? Called entreprendre. Okay. Right? And it came out of the military. Yeah. And it was about organising the supply chains for the French military in the 1700s. Well, I didn't know that. How's I've that? learned something new. Yes, you have. And But what does it mean today? Effectively, it is, you know, it's business related, yeah. but it can be not for profit. It can be profit. It can yeah. be many things. But effectively, when you talk about an entrepreneur, whether you're a commercial entrepreneur or a social entrepreneur, yeah. you're a change agent. Uh, you know, you are someone yes. who's prepared to take a risk for a reward monetary or otherwise, it's often monetary, Yep. but I'm a huge advocate for entrepreneurs because they change things for the better. They, they disrupt, they deliver new technologies, they deliver new products, new services, new markets, new customers, sometimes when the customers don't even know they need it. Yeah. So it's, it's a fascinating process. I taught this for, gosh, seven years for universities. I taught MBA students about entrepreneurship. Excellent. I, I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I read a lot about it. However, I remember I would have been in my 20s and my kind of, you know, fledgling business was growing and I remember being in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia and it's just this whole personal demeanour thing is what I'm illustrating. And I was at dinner and I was chatting with one of the members of this entrepreneur organisation and I said, what do you do? He said, oh, we, we, we make batteries. I said, oh, wonderful. I said, how's the business going? He said, oh, well, not bad. We control about 34% of the world battery market. I said, oh, right. Struggling. I said, how how many people do you employ? And he said, 33,000. And I said, oh. And he said, and you? And I said, well, I employ three people. (laughs) (laughs) And I control about 0.001% of the Australian fashion market. And no, I'm only kidding. I'm exaggerating. But he was a wonderful, humble man. Did you trust him at his word? No, I did. Why? I still stay in touch with him. Why though? Why? What made you trust him when he spoke and the word is our bond? What made you trust him? Well, I think it was his demeanour. The way he delivered that. And I don't mean he just delivered in a nonchalant, matter-of-fact way. He was just authentic. And he said, this is what we do. And he said, look, I didn't start it. My grandfather started it and I'm now, you know, basically running it. And he said, I will continue to grow it and hopefully, you know, my family will continue this business in the future. That's a great – you know, Mim, he was so grounded. That's what I like. That's what I like about people. Do you know what I like what you just said there, Martin? What's that? Authenticity. Yeah. You know, when our word is our bond, we do tend to line up authenticity with that because people are authentic. So when you speak 
and I see that you do what you say and you say what you do, that brings an authenticity around it. And all of a sudden it builds integrity. All of a sudden it builds that trust. All of a sudden it builds that reliability. We don't. I don't have to question, Martin, that if you tell me something, I don't have to question in the back of my mind, do I think Martin's going to do it? Did I think he just said it for the sake of it? Can I rely on him? And I can tell you categorically to all our listeners, Martin, if you tell me something, I know 100% you're reliable. So don't say it if you don't mean it. That's and right. if you don't mean it, don't say it and be quiet. That's right. Because you're you, better you, off. You, you're better off. You are going to erode your own credibility yeah. just for the sake of filling a vacuum by saying things which you don't mean. And I think today, more so than ever, our word needs to mean something. Your word is your bond. Even if we write it or we speak it, it's got to mean, it's got to stand for something. We have to be proud of who we are. We have to have self-belief in what we do. We don't have to be what other people want us to be. We just need to start with us first. Hey, you know you often hear that saying, the world is screaming out for good leaders. But truth be told, I've heard that for years. Yeah. People keep saying it. Yeah. Is the world screaming out for good leaders or do you think we've got good leaders? I think the world, I think when we talk about the world, we talk about the people in the world. People are looking for authenticity. People are looking for for those that actually, whatever they do, impacts society from a positive perspective. So who, in your view, encapsulates authenticity, whether it's a leader, a politician, an actor, a sporting star? Is there someone that comes to mind who you say, yeah, they really are authentic? The one that comes to mind for me is all the mothers in the world. Good answer. Because they are the most authentic people you're ever going to come across. Because everything they do is with the intention of love and care and compassion. Well done. Our listenership just doubled. (laughs) (laughs) To all the mothers there, let me tell you, I truly thank you. But that's where authenticity should be based from. Yep. Why? Because I love that. You know, every everything else, yeah, we can we can look at a lot of options, but today you ask me that question, that's my answer. I like Morgan Freeman. I I, I like him as a the person actor. as well. Yeah. And it's not just because he's got the best yeah. voice. I mean, he's got a great voice. But I think he encapsulates authenticity and also Sir David Attenborough. Yeah. They you know, I mean, look- they're, they're people who just have inherent trust. Yeah. Don't they, you think? They do and again, life is about every day of what we do will build that. You know, we can't say, well, today I'll do one thing, tomorrow I'll do another. The word is, has to be our bond. We have to understand what impact are we having on our lives and how is that affecting those around us? So how do you sum this up for our listeners, Mim? I would say to our listeners, if we start to think carefully of what we're saying and we start to think carefully, are we doing what we say? Are we saying what we're doing and are we doing what we're saying? The three things that you'll find in your life that will change is your status of integrity, your status of reliability, and so important, the trust and honesty that you will build in other people's view will be absolutely incredible. You will find that you'll be able to achieve far greater things by keeping to your word than doing the opposite. My take out is choose your words carefully 
because words are super yeah. powerful. And if you don't know, don't say. That's right. And if you don't believe in your own words, no one else is going to believe. That's them. right. If Isn't you, that true? That's Often, 100%. Have you ever said something and you think, oh, gosh, can I really do that? Yeah. You know, like am I just kind of like. Be truthful. Be truthful to, be, your, that's to right. yourself. First. Because if you're not truthful with yourself, you can't be truthful with others. And sometimes being truthful might be difficult and challenging. But what you'll find is once you start to acknowledge and you are truthful, you start to build on that. You can build on a solid foundation. You can improve all areas in life. But just know who you are today and be who you are and then put a plan in place to further develop. Hey, Mim, this bullet train is moving yes. towards 50 podcasts. Oh, wonderful. Remember when we started our first one? You said, gee, the number one. I said, look, we're getting there. 50, that's, that's, we're only 950 away from 1,000. That's right. Huh? And do you know, Mim? Yes. I know, statistic. Mim. No, no, you do. But do you know that 25% <laughs> yes. of podcasts never get past the first podcast and then 60% of podcasts never get past 10 podcasts? That Those, those statistics just amaze me because I think, again, you know, when we talk about the word is our bond, you know, for all those people that, that started, what? What stopped them? You know, one podcast. I, I, you know, like I said, sometimes we say things that we truly don't mean or we don't really believe in. So our goal is how many podcasts? At least to start off with, the, get to a thousand, then we'll take it from there. Wow, I love that challenge. So we'll get there without a doubt. I must say, the first time you said it, I fainted. <laughs> but once I got back <laughs> off my chair in the your personal podcast booth. And I I now love it. I love the fact that we are at what four point three percent of our goal and but we're moving. That's and right. you know we're moving in the right direction. And we're on our way to fifty, then we'll be at five percent, and then we'll get to sixty, we'll get to six percent, and then we're just chipping away. But we're more importantly, we're adding value to the lives of others. What I want our listeners to take out of today's conversation is I mean this. it is it is quality, not just quantity, right? That's right. I hope so. Quality is important. Good. What I want our listeners to take out of today's conversation is ask yourselves have you said things that you have not delivered on and if you have that's okay you acknowledge it but change it from today say what you do and do what you say and whether it's in family whether it's in business whatever you're doing I can tell you you're going to have far greater opportunity to achieve greater things in life you're going to enjoy life more you're going to smile more you're going to be happier and you're going to be able to just really get more out of life which is what your personal podcast is all about wise words to round out episode 43 of your personal podcast great to see you mim great to see you martin and uh, to all our listeners we'll talk to you next week have a wonderful week guys